Pressing the button, Mrs. Ryan. Okay. Saturday morning. Yeah, happy Saturday. <laughs> happy Saturday uh, in that we're doing a show or the fact that that name is on the screen? That name, you walked in, I was like, your scarf's in my house. <laughs> Maybe so happy. Are you guys scarf friends on the Instagram? I don't think so, but we always, we have accoutrements for the weather that we both enjoy. Yeah, you're both always dolled up. You both have I a sense have of style, that's for sure. And he's got a scarf today. So oh, I forgot about your hat. We should ask, yeah, we'll ask him when he gets in here about yeah. that. Uh, well, as you saw on the screen there, Paul Zuckerman is here today. But in the meantime, welcome back. Welcome back. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans, and this is It's Tonight Show. Today is, this is odd for us, but it is Saturday, February 16th, 2019. That's weird. Sounds weird. <laughs> but Paul Mrs. Ryan, for the hellos, uh, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't talk about yesterday and our adventures. Okay. What happened yesterday, Mrs. Ryan? Yesterday, okay, there was a landslide, a rock slide somewhere. We were going to breakfast club, of course. Going to breakfast club. As usual on Fridays. And it was quiet. Sometimes it's quiet. There's not a lot of people on that road a lot. And there was a rock slide while we were there. (laughs) All 100% accurate. I'm going to say we went to breakfast club as usual with nothing um, out of the ordinary. We actually passed a couple portions. One Porsche guy taking pictures. Turned out to be Magnus, of course. Um, and we got up there, and we were having a great time. And it was around 9.30 or so, and literally Magnus turned to me and said, where's all your, where's all your breakfast club people? <laughs> and we, we all kind of like looked at and we did one of those, yeah, that is weird. I don't know. There's only, there was only like five Porsches there. It was us and Derek Whitaker and um, a couple other people, uh, Paul Chamberlain and stuff. Uh, but we all looked at our watches, and we're like, what the hell is going on? And... Um, Within maybe an hour of that time, we started getting the text in as people had tried to come up and gotten back down to the bottom of the mountain yes. where their signal completely washed out. So um, we have a video for that. I can play it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. It turned out so it was a very small, very small, intimate breakfast club, and you'll see that, I guess, now. We'll just play it. Cool. Roll it out.
So it wasn't our usual breakfast club, but my goodness, we found a, a fun adventure, didn't we? we totally Are you tearing did. up again? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I'm amazing. trying not to. It was really <laughs> a great video. Holy cow. <laughs> That was a fun day. It was fun a day. fun morning. Yeah. Really, I love getting to talk with the people that were there. It was really like a family Honestly, going to breakfast. Honestly, it, it felt like in the early days when we first started it, when there was only mm-hmm. a couple people that kind of just, you know, weren't sure what to make of it. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. Anyway, um, Mrs. Ryan, that was what was going on. I feel like, uh, I don't know, should we do, let's just do a really quick Brook and the Kaz, man. Okay. And then get on to the news and bring cool. in Zuckerman. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Real quick, let's check in on the East Coast over here with Brooke and the Kazman. Roll it out. Mr. and Mrs. Ryan, it is Brooke and the Kazman. Oh, no, they run the show. That's the, the show. You're about to be on TV. All right, so this is Mel, and that's Big D. Yeah, don't use my real name. I won't. Uh, it's Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in Manhattan, as you can see by all the buildings behind us. No, this is an undisclosed location. My bad, it's an undisclosed location somewhere yeah. in the Upper West Side. Yeah. I'm black. Yeah. So you can give it out my location. Not that black. Not that black. He is dark, though. Um, wait, is this a PG? No, it's not PG. They curse all the time. It's fine. We want it black. And he's not even my Aunt Chris, he's talking about penis this much. Anyway, I want to send you guys some love for the Big Bad Apple. I'm um, really not this tall, I'm actually just standing like <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Say bye, everybody. Bye. Hey. You, you good? You good, Brooke? I'm good. All right, Brooke's good. Later, guys. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> well, they're out there doing it. I mean, I you got to give them credit for that. They're out there doing it. Yes. I'm sure there was some reason for that. That wasn't just a, or maybe it was just a random. Who knows? Random they looked like they were having fun. <laughs> At an undisclosed location. Mrs. Ryan, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to ask the question that is on everyone's mind. Oh, yeah. What's going on, Mrs. <laughs> Ryan? I don't know why that makes me laugh every That's time. That's why we do it. Well, uh, that's awesome. Greenland is melting. Oh, yeah. I think well, all is, the ice is melting, right? Yeah, everything's melting. Everyone knows that, usually. But what Greenland is doing to kind of supplement their economic base there, there's, it's questionable. Yeah. But uh, this was so weird to me. They're selling the sand they're finding underneath the melting ice. <laughs> oh, interesting, because it's not been seen. Right? Uh, well, not, in our, not in our lifetimes, many generations. It's been preserved, but they're selling it because it's apparently used a lot in asphalt to make buildings and roads. Oh, they're, they're like making a business out of it. Yeah. It's not a souvenir. Come, get, It's not like a piece of the Berlin Wall. This is, nope. this is uh, for construction purposes and other... This is to make money. They're like, we've got a new resource that people want. And wow. we're getting old and our income is like 90% of their economic resources comes from fishing. In Greenland. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, and, um, some shellfish something wow. is their main seller. So they're like, we're getting old. Here's a way to <laughs> make some money. <laughs> so it's, it's being looked at, but yeah, you never know. Um, a lot of autoimmune diseases affect Ooh. women more than men. Uh, that's generically known. That's Should I widen out to show your cane? No, I've already talked about it oh, today. Okay. Um, but 
it's all fixable, I mm-hmm. think. So whatever. Um, but in the meantime, uh, some deeper research into why that's the case, because that's pretty known and that's pretty common. Like women are affected more than men, blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just saying, yeah, are they affected more, they diagnose more. There's more diagnoses. No, they're affected more. Oh, symptoms are worse. They're more prevalent. Oh, I There's see. more of them. Like. They, they, women like get smacked in the face with autoimmune things, whether it's MS or like chronic fatigue or like Crohn's or whatever. And mm. men typically don't have as many symptoms. Okay. Um, but what they're finding is basically in layman's terms, they're finding that women carry a bunch of junk in their cells too. <laughs> baggage. Uh, what? Baggage. Ba- Cell baggage. Sure. You call it whatever you want. It's basically like. An encyclopedia, a physical encyclopedia of anything that could possibly go wrong. And so whenever we're triggered that something is wrong, like a cold, sometimes we dump out a bunch of stuff. Oh. And so that gets in our systems more often. And Weird. like we try to fight that. And it's like your body has no idea what it's combating. Yeah. But it's really just shit from your cells that you've accumulated over the years that like. But like all autoimmune, we're attacking the wrong stuff. Totally. Yeah. So just clean yourself up. That's my. You're not the enemy. You're not. It's really hard to wrap your head around as an autoimmune disease sufferer. Um, but I guess whatever. VR surgery. There was this movie, Inner Space, when I was a kid that I you loved. loved that. Martin I Shore, loved right? And, uh, and Marty and, and Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. And Dennis Quaid, I think, where they met, maybe. <laughs> yes. As far as I know. Wow. In the minimal research I did when I was a kid because I loved it so much. Um, what about it? There is a VR surgery is now becoming a VR thing for doctors, Mm -hmm. and it looks to me everything I read just made me think of that movie. Oh, I see. Where like you in they're inserting robotic. That's way back to like uh, uh, when laparoscopic surgery started for me. I felt the same thing. I always think of uh, what is it? Journey to the it's not center of the earth. The Amazing Journey, the Incredible Journey, the one where they shrink you down and they shrink a whole spaceship down and goes into the guy's body and the whole thing. Yeah, I don't. It's probably equally as bad as inner space, but it's it's a similar plot. (laughs) I'm sure I missed that because it was too youthfully appropriate or for maybe me. perhaps because you don't know the title still because I said about three different things there <laughs> I, I was, might be being amazing there was like a terms. span of my early life where I was watching things way too old appropriate age-wise for me like uh, yeah space. me too so then I like somehow I tried to equalize whether it was my parents or whatever like around 12 and watch it that was appropriate and like oh. it was so young like yeah. I was so too smart for it. Right. Well, that's how um, I was working at Thirty Rock, and then trying to go go to you know the Connecticut School yeah, of Broadcasting thing. It was like have fun. Yeah, totally. So this VR thing is new, but it feels old to me. But I guess cool. it maybe is one of those things awesome. that we dreamt up in Hollywood. And then last <laughs> but not least, um, Palm Springs. I did not know this is why. It's obviously a destination spot, and it's cool for a lot of our drive people. Right. Like it's like a portion thing. I there's a big three pedal posse uh, this this coming weekend. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. I mean, this time next week, they'll all be there. Because it's a it's a gorgeous spot. I do love it there. And it's but, Modernism Week, right? I believe. Uh maybe I okay. didn't read that part. But okay. um, what I did read is that I, which I did not know and found hilarious, is that it's it's really like a hot spot because of an actor's rule in the twenties about actors had to be able to get back to LA within two hours for reshoots. See, for, that's where Palm Springs started. For that's me, it was why got famous with the Rat like Pack back spot. in the day. You know, it was like, oh, Frank bought a place out there and Dino was hanging out there, Sammy. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, oh, those guys. It well, was a hot spot between like Vegas and LA, you know? Oh, okay, maybe. But I guess it, w- well, meeting in the mind. For me, like, just, you know, that's where, I, that's where I found it. 
Well, either way, like that's why, like between those meetings of energies, mm-hmm. like that's where it's coming from, and like that that's is where so, what's coming from. I don't understand. Um, I still missed, attention, I missed this one. Hmm. Um, okay, I didn't know the 1920s thing, that, and I also didn't know. I, I think that's where I was. Do you going. want to bail got, out of this? Yeah, I can't figure out what's happening. I'm bail out. <laughs> bye bye. Have oh, wait, fun in it. Palm Springs. Oh my god, it. and that's Ben. What's going on? Are you um, nervous? Or is it because we're doing earlier than usual and sometimes your MS head is not quite, the brain, the cloud isn't fogged? I feel fine, so oh, pick which it, one no, you want. it was happening to me too, so I thought maybe we were nervous because Mr. Zuckerman was here perhaps. Of course I'm nervous because Zuckerman's here, but I'm trying to just be like straightforward <laughs> and cool about it. Okie doke. All right, Mrs. Ryan, let's take a quick break, um, put all that nonsense aside, and bring in Mr. Zuckerman, cool. shall we? Yeah. Awesome. Right back after this. More to come. Paul Zuckerman is here. Special Saturday night special. More to come. I'm conscientious of your time. I love it. Fuck it. No music. Just come right in. Yeah. I <laughs> can do it. Yeah. Cool. Got some things to do. You've Money million, to make. You've done a million of these things. Welcome. Thank you for coming to our house. You're welcome. Is this on? Is this on TV? Yeah, it'll be on YouTube tonight. It's on a camera. Yep. Yep. Plenty of cameras. On Instagram. On a camera? What do you think? I don't know. I'm. <laughs> you know, if you know anything, I don't know anything about technology. <laughs> if I could have stopped the time train in 1995, I would have gotten off at that stop. stop. You guys could have gone up ahead somewhere. Did you have a pager? I know. I never had a pager. I stopped at payphone. <laughs> and you know how people don't want to touch the handle in the bathroom and get like dick hands. And, and but we thought nothing back then, young people, yeah, about totally. taking the payphone yep. and and cradling it and putting your mouth on it and your ear on it. And that was a comfortable time period for me. No boundaries. No I issues. Probably didn't get sick because of all the germs yeah. I was wiping. On, on my face with payphones. Yeah. How the hell are you? I don't know you at all. I feel like I know you through your eyes on Instagram because your face is so fucking infectious with the smile and the whole thing. But it I don't is. know anything about you other than like you, you make don't. a lot of money, you collect cars, you're friends with a lot of people, blah, blah, blah. We've seen each other plenty of times. Plenty of times. But you never asked. What do you mean I never asked? You never asked me. Who are you? Oh, I know. <laughs> I figured I'd wait till you know you got on my turf or something. Yeah, I know her. How come? Do you? Yeah, we do know each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't know that? Uh, I thought we did until you're like, why do you have a cane? And you thought I said, I'm a mess. <laughs> right? But that's... Uh, oh, I have MS? Right. Oh, that's right. And of course, because I'm like a, a, a nosy Long Island Greg fellow. When <laughs> I see I when I see something, I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, what's is that what you said? Yeah, I said, what's wrong? It's between being Jewish and being a personal injury lawyer. I always want to know what's I wrong with somebody. Yeah, what's and wrong? no bullshit. Too. And I just say, what's wrong with you? Like, okay, because I think maybe there's a case there. She fell down the stairs, <laughs> took a tumble. I don't know. You could probably do malpractice. Probably yeah, that so. One, oh, yeah, we've yeah. got like a litany of things we can talk about. Right, that way. like we, we could talk about rheumatologists. We could talk about neurologists. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about autoimmune diseases. You missed lupus, right? You missed yes. rheumatoid so they, they arthritis. So they cut that out early. Yeah, so. <laughs> This is, we yes, overlapping. It's always lupus. I like it. Yes, I like it. Lupus. Do you guys actually know each other? No. Oh, okay. No, oh, I'm just getting a little nervous. No, I thought just maybe, just maybe. Before you, she had my head. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> she had my stripey Can hat. Can you imagine? That would be very awkward. No wonder. Yes. <laughs> Where do you think she got the MS? She that all the time. Yes. It's getting uncomfortable quickly. It should be. Um, I thought this was a safe place. That's right. You read I know the your instructions. You I read your instructions. You the Ryan House is a safe place. I'm you like, ask questions. Yeah, I'm it's like, time to update I don't know. That, I I'm think. like, what are they? Is it Zed and the Gimp is in there? What's going to happen inside this place? I have to. She's going to come out with like a stripy suit on and a ball gag, and I'm. Ah. Mm-hmm. You're painting all different pictures. Yeah. This is a, it's amazing. I read the shit you write to people. I find it alarming when somebody says to me, "It's a safe place." Do you? Yeah. Why is it not? Because it's not normally. Because to say it, it's like okay. My my philosophy is oh, an excuse. An excuse not asked for is a confession. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I will tell you why I put it in there, though. Um, we have a tremendous amount of comedy people come in here, and it, it, it tends to be more performance based versus like a conversation. So they they feel unsafe. I thought comedians just said whatever. No, I thought no, those no, are, no, no, not no, anymore. No, I'm, I think we should change it, especially based on this right now. It was one thing I wrote six months ago and haven't thought about right. it since. <laughs> oh, it's safe. So glad I'm Holy coming shit. to a safe place. Yo, regular That's people don't That's understand the same to. way. You're friends with a lot of entertainment people. We have no, I just don't of... feel unsafe ever. Right. Well, that's a dude thing, but it's also maybe a lawyer thing. Like no, it's also, it a, I guess, but I just am an open book. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I'm going to cool. take everything out of my bag <laughs> of shit and put it on the mantelpiece and celebrate it. I love it. Look, I'm all fucked up. <laughs> Aren't you? You know what? That's us too, but I think maybe because we came to it more recently than perhaps you, that maybe we were still like wearing it on our sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, we, we didn't used to be open books at all. Well, I okay. I was the open book before I did anything on podcasting, and I'm not going to say I'm just for me to say I'm in media or I've done a thousand of these things really isn't correct. This is purely by accident that I've ever done a podcast. Okay, just by circumstance and proximity to people that do do things like this, and they asked me to do it. Uh, before I ever, uh, before I ever did the podcast with Spike, I've never listened to one. Yeah, I still have. And I still I've have listened not to one listened. half of one, and it was you guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And so, if you said, "Have you ever watched my show?" No, but no. then don't take it personally. I haven't watched my no, show. I haven't watched anybody's. <laughs> I haven't watched anybody's show. Well, that was more logistics, but I, I, right. I appreciate that you you don't have time for that. I would imagine also not really. Not what, do you, what do you do with your time? You spend money. I like money. We know that. I like money. Good for you. Yeah. Anybody who has a little bit of money likes money, right? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, think it's nothing to be shy about. I'm agreed. good at making it, and I'm I'm good at spending it. But I'm better at spending it than making it. Okay. And uh, really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got a dollar in my in my bank account. <laughs> easier up. to spend. It's, yeah, I burn a hole in my pocket. I've, anything. If I get one, I got to spend two. You know what? So, that's, that's one of the why questions. Why are you from laughing? Somebody. This is one of the questions from somebody. Hilarious! What <laughs> Long Island nonsense? But it's true. It's like you know, if I let's say I settle a big case, and I'm and my theory is is that if I'm gonna let's say I'm gonna get oh yeah, I'll make up a number. I'm gonna get a million dollars in thirty days. I and oh. I, I need to spend two million dollars today. When I'm going to get a you know a, a million dollars gross, I need to spend two million net today. There's a there should be some sort of a formula to work out all of these universal truisms. Like a drunk will say that he drinks one third of what he actually drinks. A guy will say he slept with three times more women than he actually slept with. I will spend four times more dollars. There must be a universal 
mathematical principle to... But they're all different, all of those ones. But that's what mathematicians will tell you they're not. Oh, really? I think. Women will tell you. If you zoom out far enough, you'll find the, the algorithm yeah, the, there. You, yes, there's an algorithm. Fermat's last theorem. I don't know. Something, <laughs> something like that. Speaking of um, um, money and ways to spend it, I opened up um, you know, the social to ask if anybody had questions for you. Uh-huh. And one of which was... $50,000, $100,000, and $150,000, three different price points. What do you, Zuckerman, buy? Okay. Three different things. Uh, okay. Me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take actually the objective, reasonable person who doesn't really have – let's say I'm just going to imagine. There's a guy who has those three sums of money. You're three different guys who don't have any Porsches, and they want to enter into the Porsche world. And my advice to them in general is always the same. 997. Mm-hmm. So the the 50 grand guy is going to get himself like a 997 Carrera S. Mm-hmm. And the 100 and the 150 guy are going to go for GT3s. Right. Right. So maybe the first guy with 100 is going to get a nice GT3 and then the guy the second guy is going to get the best one. Or maybe a guy gets a turbo uh, and Gen 1, uh, Gen 2, yeah, who knows. Yeah. And then I mean, like a Gen 1 with a Mesger engine and a 6-speed turbo is the 100 grand guy and the 150 grand guy goes for the the, the top shelf uh, GT3 with no miles on it and a great color. Right. I think those are fan- the most fantastic all-around Porsche cars that that a person could get into right now. And you think a 997 is a good uh, entry for first Porsche? Yeah, yeah because... I mean, it, was, it was our first 911. Yeah, be, I really do. Yeah. Because it, it combines enough kind of early analog characteristics and the right size with your mod cons. Right. Right? So and it's a slightly vintage now, but it's slightly modern. Yeah, so we're you're 15 going, years if, old this year. Yeah, so you're going to cover you're going to cover the most of the, the most of the target area. Wild. Yeah. And still affordable. Right. And and still relatively uh it's not going to be it's not going to break down on you. You're not going to be stuck with gigantic. Yeah, it's got reliability. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. And wow. Then, yeah. All right, good to know. Seems, okay. I wish it was my made, question made now. Your Seems like I loaded. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, well, this was just since we're doing it. Then uh, somebody named Motor Ace Archive would like to know you your best car and road driving combo. Mm. I, a number of years ago, I did. I had to come down from Santa Cruz in November, and I cut across, I think, to Hollister, and then took the twenty-five. To the is it the 198 by Koalinga to the 33? You're coming oh, down. Okay, I got you. Yeah, you're coming down from Northern California in between the 101 and the five, and it's a small road, mainly one lane in each direction, and nobody's on it, and miles and miles of curves or open road, and that's a fantastic wow. combination. Did you say the car? It was I, a 991, the 2014 or 15 991 okay. GT3. Oh. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a win. So it's, it's opened win. up because I, I'm not, now I'm taking notes. I'm like, was well, that a good road to drive or do you need a fast, fast car for that? You or could it- take your, okay, your 996 would be perfect on that road, right? Yeah. That would be a perfect car or any car, really any any nice handling car. Because there, I remember seeing a sign that had like the curvy road thing that said 33 miles, like 33 miles of curves. And there was not one other vehicle and not one police Oh, man, now you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just flat out. When did you drive that? That was, I think, in 2014 or 15. 
So new car. New car. Okay. New car. I happened to do that ride. I went to my brother-in-law's house for Thanksgiving, unusually so. So I was up in Santa Cruz. I made sure to go separately from everybody else so that I could drive by myself back and take that drive. Nice. By myself. Nobody else. That's clear. Perfect company. Is there a Mrs. Zuckerman? Yeah. Does she drive? Does she really? passenger with you? Yeah, and complains. She does. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> right. How does it go? Yeah. No, she's everything. Everything that was charming during courtship is now is now <laughs> unacceptable from humor to driving. Um, so no, she doesn't like to be in the car anymore. Mm. It makes her nauseous. Talking about being nauseous. It's a very, nauseous all the time. You know? Are you really? Yeah, that's what I meant. This is like living on a cruise ship in your body and then like trying to figure it out. Really? My aunt, my aunt Irene from Long Island, she lives in a binary wor- world of nausea or non-nausea. Yeah. That's just it for her. It's like, are you nauseous? She'll say, are you nauseous? Uh, why would you think I'm nauseous? <laughs> why, why would I be nauseous? She smells something. It makes her nauseous. She's in the car. It makes her nauseous. Everything makes her nauseous. And she <laughs> believes everybody else is nauseous, too. As a, as a default, an ailment that just, yeah, just you're either ailment. you're either non nauseous or you're nauseous. Uh, yeah, what? she's a difficult person, but she doesn't think she is. You're from Long Island. Yeah, what part? Huntington area. Okay, North Shore, halfway out, little town called Fort Salaga, which is between Northport and Kings Park, if you know where that is, or between Huntington and Smithtown, if you know where Smith those Smithtown. Sure. Yeah. Um, Port Jeff Ferry we used to take over right. all the time from Connecticut. Oh, I grew up in Connecticut. Oh, you're waspy, huh? I don't know if I'm waspy. I'm just outside <laughs> of Manhattan. What is that? I don't Wilton, know. Wilton, did, Connecticut. Did your family belong to a country club? No. Are you sure? All of my friends believe... did. All yeah. of the. I was okay. in the right area, but we were not the rich family. Right. So you know, oh, right, about know, feeling yeah. like an outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, Look at every, what you're doing right now. I'm an outsider. Yes. I am an outsider. I'm very comfortable being an outsider. This looks much bigger on, on Instagram, by the way. I thought it was Merv Griffin's like entire set. And yeah, it was cozy. It's nice. This is the actual Letterman shit, though. Is it really? It's the actual Letterman desk and chairs. Oh, Spike must have written on this. I don't know. I think he wrote in the old show, didn't he? I don't know much about that either. I know he I, was there in the early in the early to mid eighties, I think. So I don't. Yeah, know. that's what I think. I might have been right. the older stuff. So I don't this know. is mid nineties. Oh, I'm touching Letterman stuff. <laughs> I don't know if you care about that, but being a New Yorker, some people care a lot. I don't care about that. I never. I never. I don't. Never watched a lot of TV. What were you doing when you were younger? When I was watching TV, were you out chasing women in cars and money? Mm, substance abuse, honestly. Really? Yeah. Are you in a program? Or are you in recovery or anything? No, but I just uh, that, just having a, a good very, time. I'm young. Yeah, having a good a time. Very <laughs> unsafe. That's a horrible question to ask somebody. Ah, uh, not uh, on open book, safe place. Let's talk about it. Not, you know what? <laughs> uh, that's a that's a private conversation. But uh, yes, when I was younger, I enjoyed being out and about up very late at night. If you asked me what I did before I went out at night, mm-hmm. like at like because I'd go out at eleven or midnight and stay out. Like yeah, I don't know that what was the, the fuck I did. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you what I did. I don't think I napped. I don't know what I. I don't just don't know what I did after work and before going out. I don't know. Can't tell you. And uh, but I I did it. And then uh, that's what that's what I did. But I always like to read. I'm a big oh. reader. I've always been an avid reader. So I'm more apt to read a book than to. Uh, turn on the television right it's been it's always been that way for me well that's wonderful that's a great thing right 
It's good for your brain. Very good for your brain. Good for your creativity. Good for your imagination. You're very observant, too. Are you a detail person? Are you like a attention to detail? You got all that? Depends on what it is. This, this well, you walked in here and you said, it said oh, the Eames chair and the okay. hood's on the lights and all one this stuff. Of my, I call it like one of my party tricks, but, it, but what I do is, is I, I'm very good at, at seeing what doesn't fit in the picture. So I might not observe everything else in the room because there might be a, or, or a person or a situation anything that's consistent i'm not paying attention to it's the it's the something that sticks out a little bit that's a little bit out of character that's what i'm going to focus nice. on because that's where the inter, interest is like why is it like that and that's what i i do in my law practice or as or in any other context and it's a shortcut i call it um it, it's it's I think it's a skill that they don't really teach and it's and I think it's called pattern recognition because mm-hmm. your whole day is about recognizing patterns. If you if your day truly was like Groundhog Day and, and it was a new day to you, a new land to you, you had no experience with anything that occurred, you wouldn't be able to get through the day or the day would feel like it's ten thousand hours long. Right. You'd be totally Child ineffective. Child with no experience, right. no nothing, yeah, no awareness. Babe in the woods, a tabula rasa. Mm-hmm. Your every day is sui generis, as they say in Latin, um, a thing unto itself, okay. uh, a new thing. And and so if you you can get ahead of everybody else if you can recognize an emerging pattern. So for example, they'll say in Hollywood that there's four original scripts. Well, that's true. Uh, there's four original people. There's four kinds of traffic accidents. There's four kinds of slip and fall accidents. There's four kinds of right of agendas that people have. Right. Right. So if you can figure out quickly what you're dealing with or who you're dealing with, uh, you're, you've you've covered eighty percent of the ground. Yeah, you cut through the bullshit much right. quicker. Now there's, there's a certain degree of, of improper stereotyping there maybe, or or you're you're. You know, not really learning a person. Sometimes some people might, you know, feel that uh, you're 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 taking a shortcut with them or their situation. But generally speaking, it gets you through the day if you're busy. Yeah, right. What's well, a numbers game anyway? Right. It makes sense. So I come in here and I, and I take a quick look around. Uh, you go. <laughs> and, and so when you said I like the chair, it actually stood out as being a, a problem. Then maybe not a problem. But not a not, prob- not going though. No, 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 no. It just it just says something about you and your character. So it, it uh, and about so so your little corner where you sat mm. and in that modern there's you have that little um, your little it's the credenza, Lufkin cult chair little the Lufkin thing. cult chair by your credenza where you keep your special maybe stereo equipment that's your little corner over there she's got the Eames chair right because that's comfortable for her right. I saw that so I automatically saw how you guys operated in your sphere sure. over there. That's the things that, that, that stand out to me. Okay. I don't know why I do that or why I think it like that, but that tells me, I don't know. Well, what's interesting is there isn't a whole lot of thought, you know, like when you come into an office and you want to play a power movie, you sit behind the desk, you do that, whatever the heck it is. There's none of that. It was none of that. It was no, where the furniture was in the house. I understand that. But it's, but it's it has become organic. the thing. Yeah, yeah it has so, become well, the way we do it. You're well, right. that's the way we all operate. Every dog has their dog bed. We have our spot. We have our nest. We're really no different. We're mm. mammals. So we want, and I have my comfortable spot, and I have my little place. We we did a we did a podcast last week, um, uh, and we were talking about a car. There was a car that a collector had bought out of Italy, and the car was a, a ninety two RS in speed yellow, and it was owned by a gentleman named Zorzi 
from Padua. Oh, and it my. Said, and Zorzi, Zorzi had a special, he took it to the extreme. Zorzi had a special regimen for when he drove the car. When he, came, when he brought it back, he would cover it. He would also have some sort of foam bolsters so the cover wouldn't touch the entire car. Uh-huh. He had bolsters that so the doors wouldn't shut and compress the seals. He had he placed tissues over the intakes and the exhaust pipes to keep unnecessary humidity out of the engine. And he also had two little plaques put on the on the passenger side on the window. When for entering and on the, I think on the uh, glove box to tell passengers to be careful sitting down and with the door sills, and we were laughing about he, his his kind of OCD gone to the extreme, the Zorzi <laughs> technique, and so we are all on that continuum. And Zorzi ah. is the ultimate expression of that thing of our place, our space. We are are wanting sor- certain orders. Zorzi took it to the unpleasant we were laughing like you know you want to buy a car from that guy you don't want to live with that guy you don't want to <laughs> could you imagine his like going to bed techniques no. No. if he was mr ryan yeah nothing uh okay. mrs ryan you must do the procedure no. the Zorzi procedure no. wouldn't wouldn't Can you Matt, go down the list yeah i mean Horrible. yeah checklist did you did you did i'm you? out yeah you'd be out with Zorzi. Yeah. yeah did you ever uh fly at all did you ever be a pilot you have to do those checklists or anything uh, that kind of thing. i wouldn't I, I i would okay in theory i would love to be a pilot but the <laughs> idea <laughs> of the time that it would take to do that uh no, right it's now a joke for you yeah okay i no, yes you, you pay someone to do that it's like <laughs> am i gonna climb up that ladder and fall on my fucking head and ruin my fucking tool no i pay somebody to somebody to do that for me yeah, right yeah there's certain things like we were talking about this i don't know i'm so about the experience but what you're saying makes perfect sense to me you're 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 literally making perfect sense to me i'm just going huh never thought of it that way right okay i I will live that way i'll drive fast and unsafe because i get enough pleasure out of that yeah but i won't do that isn't that weird why i don't drive unsafe i drive fast as fuck but not unsafe not what i consider unsafe okay driving fast as fuck is i consider to be unsafe okay okay i'm just saying i'm not i'm not passing in blind curves oh no uh, but uh i might i am driving faster and and better and maybe a a little bit more than i should be considering the surrounding people but it's worth it to me it's worth it juice is worth the squeeze yes but going up on a ladder no. This started with, have you ever flown? I'm thinking of checklists and all that. It yeah, doesn't even, why, it's supposed to be a by the point? way. What, okay, what would I'm be good. the point? Like, why? Okay, yeah, I'm going to No, no, fly. no, some people like that. Some people really get something out of it. It's not a hobby I'm you trying to get enjoy. to know you, you know? I don't know where your interests lie. I got hobbies. What are yeah. your hobbies? We know about cars. That's what everybody knows about with you. Okay, this the cars. Then there's some architecture stuff like building stuff that i like to uh do like little projects like uh i have a i have a house a mid-century down in baldwin hills that i am lightly restoring in a way that you would take an original car the house that i found in baldwin hills which has a killer view of la it's a mid-century house fox right that area it's if you went down if you're going to la brea if you were going south on la brea and you were going up the hill so you cross all the way through to you, Los towards Angeles. Stalker. You're going up towards Stalker. Before you get to Stalker, 
I would be in the neighborhood that's just to the west. Oh, wow. And so, so they have put up an oil derrick in the whole bit. Right. Is that that, why you that's it? a little further <laughs> west. I wish, <laughs> I wish, but the house was built by the lady who, who built the Pan's restaurant <laughs> chain. Remember where they did Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, they, and they called Blue that Archie Long Gone, yeah. yeah. Architecture Googie. That's, Googie uh, style, of course. Googie style. So that was her house, and she built a house in 59, and she lived in it until last year. So your house is a Googie style? No, okay. but that was her. I'm just telling oh, wow, you wow, who okay. she was, and she was a proponent of Googie style, and so she had some flair and taste. Okay. And her house was built by an architect who had studied under Frank Lloyd Wright and also mm-hmm. built some Googie restaurants like Chips, not Chips, Chips, and... Um, if you know that architecture, and so anyway, she lived in the house. Till I do know she was, chips, ironically. Yeah, she she lived in the house until she was one hundred and one, and she wow. died in uh, late two thousand seventeen. And the house was as it was built and as it appeared in Architectural Digest in nineteen sixty. So it's really cool. And survivor, survivor, I mean, all and the, everything, everything. Wow. And with, the, with the with the intercom systems and Jeez. the average person would have taken that and like modernized it and i don't want to do that i'll the bathrooms are atrocious i'll fix that but generally i, I want to keep it like we would keep a 59 um speedster right, right that we found in original uh, well-maintained condition so i've done some work on that there's the garages where i keep the cars i work on those that's They're, we see that on instagram right, constantly under right, construction right and then there is a pl- there's a warehouse that i just finished and that involves an archive that i'm working on with a with another guy uh and that and that is an archive about early motorcycle clubs early outlaw motorcycle clubs in southern california we have about i don't know twenty five, thirty thousand items like photographs Holy shit. letters um, cuts, you know, the jackets with the with the uh, logos and the custom stuff. Yeah, like that. and uh, that's something that we're working on organizing. My partner had been involved in this for years before we met, and has he is amazing at at meeting people, these older folks, and gaining their trust and convincing them to understand. We view this not as a, as a, a matter of commerce, but uh, a matter of history. Culture, art, and preservation. So, uh, and so we have to now figure out archiving sciences. So I'm working on that right now. And if anybody wants to see it, they can look at uh, Outlaw Archive on Instagram. Our main account is down, um, and there's there were a hundred thousand followers on the main account. But some of the clubs don't like that that we're. Look at learning about their history, so they flag the photographs, and it crashes oh, the account geez. periodically. Yeah. So the backup account is is up, but that's that's another <laughs> little project. But that was the whole idea back then, right? Was that these guys were all these little clubs, and they were all little gangs, right? They were right. motorcycle gangs. For lack of I a think there's term. a there, it's there's different there's different periods. So it's like there's a certain there's there's the first guys that come out of World War II that want some adrenaline. Then there's the next generation that's getting a little wild. But I would still consider it to be a naive what we what I call a naive period. It's it's mm. more about hijinks and fun and being different, being an outsider, dropping out of society, dropping out of a very conformist society at that time, and being yourself and living right. your life. And then there's the later where it gets much darker and militant. 
Uh, that's not really the period I'm in. We're, we're not interested in that. We're, we're interested in the late 50s to the mid the 60s. Time. The fun time. I was say when it was yeah. cool. Right. You know, it's like it's like in a movie, like it's like, right, like uh, Scarface. It's the montage scene where everything's going oh great, right? It's the montage, montage scene. And, then, and then, then you hit the wall and it starts to crash, you know. He's in the. Remember when he's in the in the? I think the whirlpool, the jacuzzi with the cigar, and she's doing lines, and 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 she says you're not fun, and he goes look look at the pelicans fly, and then and and they, and I don't know this one as well, but for me it's Layla and Goodfellas. Once right, you hit that point, course. it's like eh, right, right, and that's, so we're, we're we like the naive period before then, the montage period. Great. Everything's fun. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. <laughs> and the then the cliff is coming. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> Oh man, uh, are you going to the Malibu Kitchen after this? Eventually, I have to. I have to go over to West LA, look at the new garage, meet my contractor there, oh. get the Zuckerman touches on the garage. Will this new place be open to the public? No, no. So why? what is? What, I'm trying to figure out why you would have all this wonderful curation of stuff uh, and a whole hundred thousand. Okay, the cars or the oh, it's this is separate. This is separate. This is the the garage. I lost the space. My first space was on Massachusetts in West LA, and that space was rented to me by a great guy who Dave Altimus, who's big in the Porsche world. Yeah, and what happened? See him up on Mulholland all the time. Right, to be a president of one. I was driving from Malibu in a '66 vet. And I had come out off the 10 west to the 405 north, whereupon my car broke down in that long two-lane uh, oh. of a transition. And, uh, and, and so the freeway tow services came up. And I was like, whoa, these guys really do exist. And they, and they hooked my car. <laughs> and he took me off. And he dumped me. We came off of the off-ramp at, at Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, and he pulled me into that little industrial zone just north of Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay. And I said, well, dude, take, can you take me a few blocks to the mechanic? And he's like, nope, we're not allowed to. <laughs> so we just got to get you off the freeway. And he dropped me off in, in that homeless industrial zone. And I was like, well, well, fuck you, man. I, I tried to give him 100 bucks. I was like, here, take I was going to say, it's yeah. right there. You could probably I was like, see I it. took the wad out. I was like, hey, come on, money all you want. Come on, just take me two more blocks. And he wouldn't do it. So I was sitting there waiting for AAA to come, and I noticed a sign from the Optimus company for rent. And I was like, wow, that, well, that used to be a body shop. So I called it up. He was right around the corner, and it was a perfect car That's storage place. And I was I was renting from him for ten years, and he and he his collection has grown to the point where he needed to take it back. Oh no, kidding! So that's forced me to get another space, which is right next door to my existing big space. Oh great! Which is perfect. So, <laughs> so ah. I now have to take that space and get it right. I have to Zuckermanize. Oh, I see. I have to get the shiny floors. So it's not so much that I'm watching like, oh, you're redoing the same thing over and over again. These are different places. You just redid one place, now you're redoing another right. place. Oh, shit. Right. Oh, man, you must be having fun, though. Yeah. That's the creative part. See, that's the part I thrive in. I love all of that stuff. Do you I enjoy know, that process? I didn't or know no? I had that side of me. Really? No, I didn't know that. And I was, okay. Well, it's a doctor lawyer, doctor lawyer, Jewish Long Island thing, doctor lawyer. Creativity was not to be not explored. A, yeah. That was for losers. As my grandfather would have said, bums. Don't be a bum. Yeah. Right? You got, yeah. Bums were people or who. Or beatnik of fucking right, everything. Right, yeah, yeah. Why are you moving to California? Oh, yeah. Hippie, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got that too. <laughs> yeah, you, did you get that? Oh, yeah. Upstate New York, they're not interested. Where in are in upstate can, New York? Near Rochester. 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 So yeah, does that make you a townie? I don't know. 
Well, okay, you know about townies. And I you think know, it does. Personally. You are a townie. I moved outside. around about that. You were that, outside of Rochester. You were in a yeah. different place outside. Why did you move around? What was wrong with you people? Mm. Who knows? There's a litany on that, too. But my dad's <laughs> job moved us around a lot. So we moved to Virginia. He's an engineering manager for, like, corporate shit. So, oh. like... Defense industry. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Making bombs, bullets. So, I don't so, think it's that. But can we talk about it? Sure. My, I probably. think that's more my uncle's department. But oh, that's really, right. he's that's a spy. Right. No, um, he's, a, he, he, he's a merchant of death. No, I, I think that all that requires intelligence that does not necessarily run in my family. So I think we do other <sighs> things. You got here. Yeah. You you manage your intelligent enough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah you got to him. That was an. A lovely, happy accident. A happy accident. So, um, so anyway, yeah, I didn't know that there was a. Anyway, not for you. There's, I didn't know there was a creative side to me, but then, it, then there is. So, so it was I, always in there, and now you've got the opportunity to kind of express yes. it a little bit. Yes. Now that I'm in my in my golden years. How old are you? Can we talk about that? Is that 54. an open book? Yeah. Fifty four. Yeah. Good for you. You look. I look fifty four. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if it's that I'm getting older or how that works, but you don't look fifty four to me at all. No, but if you asked a twenty five year old, I'd look a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred relativity, and so it's yes. The eyes age, and you see things differently. You might, if you're twenty five and you see someone forty, you're like, look how old that person <laughs> is. And when fifteen years later, when they're fifty five and you're forty, you're like, you look really good. Yeah. <laughs> you think they look really good. What happens for me, I go into my head, it's, you know, you relive your own personal stuff. And my dad died when he was 56. And he looked so much fucking older than you do. At, even That's now, how they lived back pictures. then. That's Hard. how they lived. Yeah. My dad died at 67. Uh, and he had rotted himself. Yeah. Um, is that what your dad did? Um, Smoking, no. drinking? He, he did used to smoke and drink. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he rotted himself. I th- he was a photographer and a firefighter as well. So I think that he might have just ingested all sorts of shit over the years. Right. He also went through some crap, too. You know what I mean? Sometimes that takes it off. Mm. Takes the years off. Mm. Yeah, a little If you deal. don't know how to, you know what I mean? If You're you, right. don't, if you don't it, have the tools. If you don't put like it Like my old man, to yeah. He didn't have any tools. Did not have any tools to process what his issues were. Where did you get yours? How were you able to do it? Um, experience i used all of my okay everything my dad gave me all of his problems which i didn't know that he gave me like my parents they they put a pair of glasses on you and a set of of headphones like you've got on your head right now and you don't know you have that you don't think you're like them you don't realize that they've given you a whole framework for perceiving understanding reacting all of that and because of, of my the way my dad had grown up very poor and at, uh, my grandfather had been an immigrant and and had three years of education drove a cab from wow. from 1929 until 1983 i think he was a cab driver and my dad did okay he became a doctor but he still believed all the time he was a poor kid no matter how much money he made right. and so that chip on his shoulder that thing about people who went to country clubs that thing that he felt less than but he had a big ego i didn't know i i had You're that describing me too. yes but but i didn't know i had that but that fueled my drive to succeed i was in a i have been in a competition with no one a competition that i i engaged in ferociously against no one other than myself and and so eventually though i had to figure out 
like how to keep the superpowers but treat the other side of the pancake, the ugly side, so that I could be more comfortable and not want to get out of my car and have a fist fight with somebody um, yeah. in, my, in my lawyer suit, <laughs> and, uh, uh, right? And how not to be volcanic, have a volcanic temper. Put it all in check. Yeah, so that's the that's the secret. You got to do some work about that, so you're more comfortable and livable, and you're not a lunatic. And so, why did I get lucky and avail myself of tools? I don't know. But that's what I'm asking. Did you go and do that work, or did you just have it? No, no, no. I had to do. Yeah, it. me too. I had to. I had to do it, man. I had to. I had to go and um, you D- know. dissect the whole fucking thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. I had to do all sorts of things, figure it out, do do all sorts of stuff uh, to to figure out and and get to myself to a place where I am relatively comfortable. I, I understand what what my box is, what my boundaries are, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Right. Living within your own limitations too. Right. Is Being right too. sized. Gotta be right oh, sized. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What an interesting Yeah. So um It's a good nugget of wisdom, Zuckerman. Oh, I got a thousand of them. I have the, I have a toolbox that'll fix you. I can't necessarily use it on myself all the time, but I could tell you exactly how to run your life. Great. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we could stay friends with you. Yes. <laughs> we could use some help on that. Yeah, yeah. Just some big questions. I, okay, one of the jokes I always said with Spike was that, you know, that there's a, a place where Ensign and Mulholland come together. Mm-hmm. There's that little parking lot. We call it Whiz Points, where you stop and you take a piss in the bushes. And I always said, I want to just put a desk out there. I'll put on a suit, a desk. Because people have a tendency to stop there and wander up to you. Right, they don't. There's something that they, there's something that removes barriers over there. People want to talk to you there, and I just put out a desk and and give advice. Just say, and they can put a camera on me. And what do you got? Are you talking about the big rock there? Yeah, yeah, by saddle, yeah, 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 saddle yeah, okay. And I'd exactly. be like, you know, there Jewett. to tell people, like, what do you got? Yeah. What do you need? That's a riot. Yeah. You should do it. It's I was like, going to say, uh, why don't you do it? Yeah. That'd be funny. Just well, I've tried. I pitch these guys. That's my. I have another pitch for them. It's oh. called you for like Spike. I tell him I want to do a show called, called You Ate Ham, where I look for people. This is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. I, I try hear- to trick Hebrew people oh, or gosh. Jewish people <laughs> into into eating ham. So I find a guy and I say, "Hey, try the strawberry thick shake." No. And we say to the audience, "It has ham. No. It's not really strawberries. It's ham. You ate ham." And then, so and of course, they did. It's so horrible. That's amazing. It's a, have this candy cake. No. It's made of ham. And uh, it's made of ham. Why are you laughing? Because that's so gross and wrong. And like, at least if you're going to trick them, like put it in a casserole so they know they're eating like a turkey casserole. And then you're like, here. That's too easy. The humor, yeah, the humor to me is in the ice cream. Yeah. The fact that it wouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah have these Too many Twizzlers. jokes to me. Have know. these Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah. They're made of ham. I don't know. That's gross. It's like those M&Ms that are like put jalapenos in them. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's no always thing. fun. That's gross. Yeah. Um, How long have you been doing the podcast? It's got to be a couple of years. Yeah, I think. Really? Yeah, I think we were there for the first. We just happened to be at the kitchen oh, yeah. that day and took a picture the first yeah. day, the very first one. That's right. And um, uh, gosh, I, I, it seems like at least a couple of years ago. Do you enjoy doing that? I know you still oh, yes, do it, so you yes, must. That's my another hobby for me because it's very fun for me because it's not what I do. So mm. it's no it, pressure. Listen. Spike's got the pressure. He's got the really hard <laughs> job because, as, as you know, sitting down in front of a microphone and having a narrative and talking, like going from cold 
to talking and having a conversation or, or having a thread of what you want to talk about is really hard. It's not easy. And, and so if you put me in front of a microphone oh. and said, do the show, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd freeze, right? I wouldn't know. But don't you think for some people it is easy? Like you can make money. It's easy. It comes easily to you. You, can, you know Maybe, what I mean? Like but whatever. okay, but it's not. But everybody thinks they could be in your chairs. It's like anything else. Everybody thinks they're a stand-up yeah. comedian. It's not. I'm just telling you, yes, if you can do it, it's great. If I, I couldn't do Spice Job. I couldn't sit in front of the microphone. I couldn't sit in your chair and mm-hmm. just start talking and have an interesting narrative. If you ask me questions, I can answer. I can ask questions. I'm good at that. I'm a lawyer. I know how to right. take a deposition. So I know how I know how to get a narrative out of people. Uh, so I could do that. I know how to throw bombs. I know how to be a caricature of myself. I know how to do. I know how to take caricature. Their, yeah, nice. I can, I can. I can take. Yeah, I can be me on steroids for the purpose of the podcast, not running around like Zuckerman all all day long. That would be exhausting for me and everyone else. I don't know. It's so wild. I've only ever, I, like you, I don't do the right. podcast thing. And it's, it, there's not, I have nothing against podcasts. I have nothing against the people that do them. It's more on the lines of it just doesn't fit into my life. We don't have a radio in the car, which is where most people right. listen to them. You know what I mean? And I don't listen to shit. I got stuff to do. Right. Um, so I don't even know anything about what you guys do except for I listened to the episode where you guys did the, uh, the talk about the Letterman 944. Mm, the taproot. Yeah, door. I to it, sitting right here, right. cutting the show one day, and I was listening to it. Um, I remember that car. I was a kid right. growing up in that town, watching him drive right. that car. It's weird for me right. that you guys are all talking about it. Did you buy it? No, no. But we were, that's where we got came up with the notion of the taproot car. That there's always a car that, that, gets, that starts it all. There's different taproots, but there's yeah, there's always something that gets you. Like for me, I remember as a kid. Um, the mechanic didn't finish my mother's car, and he had to give my mother his car. It was an AMX with a with a four speed Hurst in it, and she could drive a stick. But it was that noise, the shaking, the shaking Hurst shifter, the gas, All the roar. It. it it blew my mind. It, that's like what when I said, "Oh my god, I love cars!" Right. So that was like How a taproot for me. That was six, seven years old. Oh shit! Nice. So that was like when I really started digging cars. Now I know what my nine eleven taproot is. The first one I bought. So there's a few different taproots out there. Is that the Jerry one, the orange one? No, it was before then. I bought a, a seventy two RS Tribute, which was a great oh, okay. car. It was in Viper Green. We called it oh, the Green Goblin. Proper. And uh, and so that was my first entree into uh, a nine eleven. And like most people, I wanted a hot rod. Like it's got to be better. You got to make it better, right? So and, the first time, yeah. And then you realize, whoa, it's kind of a conceit to think you can make a better 911 than the factory. Hats off to Singer, but generally speaking, <laughs> generally speaking, you know, no one does it as well as him. But I think it's kind of a conceit to say I can make a better 911 than the factory did. I had to learn that uh, myself. I agree with that. I think when it comes to what do you want to use it for, maybe there are things you can it, – that it's set up, I guess, but you're not changing the actual car. Right. Because ours is not fully stock, even though it's mostly stock, but it's set up to go do the canyons. Right. So, yes, I, I agree with that. It's like when you take a, a 3.6 Vario RAM from a 993 and stuff it in a 69. Uh, that, that's a different thing. Right. That's like – that's a Frankenstein car. And it's fun in its own right, but it's a different thing. It's a, it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Seinfeld car, the orange one that you bought, that was the one that actually was from the show, Seinfeld, yeah. right? 
That's cool. Oh, you know you remember that? that with the marble rye? Well, it's I mean, in the marble the rye. Thing. That's I, the one. When this yes. stuff was going on, when this Where is stuff that? You else. have it yeah. still? Yeah. And this TV oh. and everything. No, that was my time. I was watching television, so I was obsessing over those things. So I saw a car I liked on a show I liked, and it was like, oh, fuck, of course I noticed it. Right. Now, you own that car. Right. That, so, to me, is awesome. Yeah, so Jerry, I think he bought that car in about 95 from Sam Cabiglio. And that's one of the few RSs that came into the U.S. brand new legally. Oh, At wow. that time, in 73, the RS was not imported into the U.S. because of emissions. Already emissions laws were taking hold. And so you could get that car if you were very high up the food chain uh, in the U.S. and you signed a piece of paper that said you were going to use it for track purposes only. Uh. But back then, they didn't have special VIN numbers for race cars. So the guy got in Arizona after testing that he was never going to use it on the roads, and he just went down to the DMV and registered, <laughs> registered it. And Holy shit. Yeah. That easy. Yeah, that easy back then. Loophole. Loophole. <laughs> yeah, life crap. was easy back then. So <laughs> Sam is uh, Johnny, who knew, you know his dad, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's He's crazy. a great kid. Yeah, what a he great, is a great what, kid. Yeah, what a, Johnny's a great, a great man, really good guy. Um, and so that car went, at some point, Sam got it in the early 90s, uh, after it had been restored by, uh, I think, uh, Joe Torres at Pasadena Coachcraft. Oh. And then he sold still it. still there? I think he's still there, okay. yeah. And then uh, and then Jerry bought it in the mid-'90s. Then he sold it to Spike. And then Spike oh, sold really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, I didn't and know that's, that. Okay, and that's how. And then Spike was my neighbor, and he sold it to me. That's how that, you all met? Yeah, yeah. Do you, was, do you live in the same area that he lives? No, now? but back then it was okay. back in two thousand. Tell other people, but I, yeah. I was one of those things no, like, where I was going someplace else to another famous person on the same street, and I drive and recognize the goddamn house from Instagram. Like Jesus Christ, now I'm right. spiking, uh, stalking Spike Ferris now. Right. So we, oh, so you know where that is, but no, at the time because of the neighborhood. Right. right. At the time, we both lived in a in a neighborhood, and so we saw each other with cars and whatnot, and we became friendly that way and that's what led me that when at a point he was going to release that car i took it and then and then jerry saw me driving the car that's how that happened that's how i met him oh no kidding not even through spike well the spike and him were together but that's that's, but i never met him and so i so i pulled up to the malibu kitchen which i did not go to at that time because i didn't want to deal with the owner who's now my good friend but at the time i i had not long before moved to malibu eat it bills and i i realized very early that malibu is a small town so misbehaving or fighting with people in malibu ever mm. your neighbors see it and i would see that guy well, you have a place in malibu too right yeah yeah and i was like i, I ain't fucking dealing with that guy and that guy, this guy's just asking for me. You know, it, we're gonna have a fight, right? But you, it's, you're a, too similar, right? Right. Yeah. And so, and so, at some point, my son was in soccer, and I had to take him to the bluffs, drop him off for practice. I said, I need a cup of coffee. I'll go to that guy's it's place. across the street where they have Malibu cars and coffee. At right. The bluffs. So I, I drove down to the Malibu kitchen. It must have been eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday or Sunday. Jerry and Spike were sitting there, and I and I pulled up in the orange Tangerine RS, and Jerry said, "How do you like driving my car?" And then, and then, and that's how we started talking. And then, and then they said, "Well, you should meet us here." And I said, "I don't deal with that guy. I, I don't." You know, Bill, that guy, he's like, he's like, a, it's like a fight waiting to happen. And they're like, "No, he's a great guy." I said, "I don't know. I don't want to deal with him." And then, and then I met him, and then, and then we fell in love. And I think he's the world's greatest guy. That's somewhat amazing. misunderstood. And yes, he's a little he can be a little cranky, but I understand what bothers him. Things bother. Yeah, if you walk, if you stare standing on the line, you walk up and you say to him, "I don't know what I'm going to eat. 
What should I order? He wants to punch you in the head or stick a knife in your eye. Why should I know what you want to eat? If you're not hungry, go some, go, don't come here. What was your first experience with him ever? When you didn't... I just was watching him. Oh, that's it. And, so you just observed. I just observed, and I was like, "Man, he's going to, they're going to bite my." I don't want to have a fight with you know in front of everybody. So. My first time there, I had a two-hour conversation with the guy, and I thought he was the best, like my new best friend. It was, it was when uh, uh, Rocco Arvisi was there too, so we're talking about all sorts of you know old Hollywood stuff and uh, and the Daily Show at the time. Bill, it was a point... having a great time. Yeah. Then ever since then, he's never remembered who I am, and it's all good. I have no issues right. with it. We, I just I eat his food and say hi to Susie. He changed about 10, 10 years ago. Oh. He did. Okay. He had a thing, and then he, he, he became nicer. Oh. He used to be really. I mean, I, I'm really crabby. Okay. Me too. Yeah. It you happened. changed. <laughs> you had a thing. Yeah. You had a thing, and it changed. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Everybody goes through something. Something. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It happens. Man. It happens. Um, uh, another, this is another one. I don't know too much about it, but I'm imagining that you'll know more than me. Seinfeld car controversy with this this sale thing. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, Read yeah. about it in the papers. Same here. You know, all I know is, is that is that you know. What, what am I going to say, Jerry? Yeah. Jerry buys great cars. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't. It's it, I mean, it's almost the, laughable. The guy right? claims that Jerry. I don't know. Like people you know. ask you to. It's like, what do you say? Like they ask me a lot of. Breakfast. Neither yeah. of you are part of it, and I'm not. People. I don't ask know. Me, I don't know there? what's going it's on, so but funny. I don't imagine that you know Jerry's sticking people up, yeah. trying to take their money. <laughs> That's all he, we said. I think he's got enough. I said, don't you think you would have bought it back if he was really trying to hide something? Yeah, Give me a break. so Give me I, a I break. don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not asking somebody about their problems. <sighs> yeah. You, I'll ask about yeah, your Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, Except yeah, you. you had no problem when you walked in. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> What's, <love> that's different. <laughs> Bring it, mother. Yeah. I'm getting better with my swearing, and it's yeah. like only coming out halfway. Yeah, come on, motherfucker. <laughs> say it, say it. Come on. I'm trying say, so hard not to. Say motherfucker. it, say it. I know, but I, I know. She used to know all the time. What's your favorite curse horrible. word? Do you know what she used to do for a living? No. Comedy publicist. Huh? Comedy publicist. Really? Yeah. She's been on private planes with Jerry and stuff. I mean, yeah. she used to fly with those guys. Really? Yeah. When I the first time I saw him, I made a total fool of myself. I was like, I was with you in Cannes, but like, yeah. Did you remember? Like, yeah, but yeah. It was yeah. Well, he almost died. Yeah, he so almost he died that time. His wife had to set me up with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I used to have a pretty <laughs> neat life. <laughs> and then you married him? No, then I got sick. Oh. oh. That MS thing you told me oh, that I was that a mess. mess. <laughs> oh, you're a mess. Uh, so yeah, that oh. happened. Oh. Yeah, that's what I used to do. I used to think like you do, or that you were talking about, of like cut to the chase. Like there's four of everything. Right, because you're busy. Yeah. See it all, find the yeah. patterns. Yeah. And I was with like, I was all over the world, so I didn't have time to analyze everything. So you right. narrow it down. Right. Yeah. That's how it goes. Okay. And then you get sick and you got to look at everything. So just an well, FYI. Look really? closer. Yeah. But wait a second. But if you get sick, but aren't you supposed to like even care less about stuff? Like a mm. bunch of shit don't matter anymore? Sound, yes. Uh, and ultimately, the idea is to get there. But in the meantime, sometimes a bunch of stuff comes up. Like when you're in like an ocean that's like. Right, right. Because you have to go through it. You have to process the change and the why me and the, and the, yeah, the why me. Yeah. Why not him? Well, it takes a minute to understand like when you blame yourself too. Like what could I have done? Even without the blame, but like, what could I have done to get here? So then you go through right. your whole Reverse life review of like, right. what what happened, and then it was that hostess. Ultimately, you're fine. It was that cupcake you ate in the fifth grade. 
I bet. Yeah, the one with the green mold on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't get close. Yeah. <laughs> I still love that stuff. Yeah. Devil dogs. Oh, the best. Are you a junk food guy? No, but as a kid. I oh, liked as a kid. As a, if you're talking about as a kid, things you did as a kid on mm. the East Coast, yeah. devil dogs, ring dings, um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. We, and no, but it's your parents, okay, I'm older than <laughs> you guys, so my parents didn't know that you shouldn't be eating that shit. They had a guy no. bring soda to the house. <laughs> Once right. the soda guy came, he bought soda. My parents and, used to smoke in the house. Yeah, oh my time. God, smoking. There's yeah. cartons of cigarettes yep. everywhere. Yeah. What really? were they? What were they? They were Marlboro. Mar- okay, my father was Marlboro Reds, real nicotine oh. delivery system. Vantage, my dad. Yeah. Oh, cheap, my mom sweet. was merit. Yeah, they were on the bargain plan. For, <laughs> totally. Well, cancer. when you said ringdings or whatever, yeah. I was going to say, well, we had little Debbie Swiss kids. Yeah, you guys, you really wore it in the country club. Right. And now you've yes, That's right. yeah, you were not getting Charles chips. You were getting no. Some, I didn't uh, grow up with that lifestyle, but yeah. I watched it. Yeah. So and that was tough. no, my my mom was Virginia Slims. You come a long way, baby. But my dad, my dad was. He was hardcore. Straight to the Reds. Yeah, he, he had that several packs a day. Oh. Packs a day. oh, yeah, he had a giant ashtray, and he was a doctor. So you and were right about that. He lived the way, and he just he went out that way. Yeah, and his cars, I swear to you, he would he would zombify while smoking. He always had a cigarette. Half the time, he didn't know it was there. And when his right hand was 2 o'clock on the steering wheel, he always had a butt in there, and the, and the smoke was going up to the windshield, and he would smoke that glass in a in a chemical circle that exactly could not be cleaned off ever, ever. Streak forever, right? Forever. I know exactly what you're talking about. In the glass, that's how much. Uh, he and he had a giant ashtray that was always had a mountain of butts in it. It was disgusting. <laughs> Blues Brothers. I know exactly what it you're talking disgusting. about. Disgusting. Very Long Island. Yes. Yeah, and he couldn't, and he couldn't get better. He was, he was an addict, but his and his addiction was anger and cigarettes, and anger, and huh? it killed him. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Look in the Is mirror, that why buddy. You're so happy. Yeah. You don't seem angry. I mean, you don't seem. Did you used to have anger in you? Oh yeah, because you that's how I learned that how you right, encountered right. the world through through you know will, self will, and you 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 impose your will upon other people by liquefying them through anger. Uh, and that's that were all my childhood lessons. My father was was had a volcanic temper, a hair trigger temper. Uh, was very smart and would would annihilate people for no reason. But some does that not teach you? At first, does that teach you how to do it, or does that teach you, man? Holy fuck! Now I know how to. You no. not only know how to do it, but you also have re- reverse engineered it. Well, you now I have, it. but at the time, but I didn't know. I didn't know I, I would do that. I would do that in my. Oh, you're not or, aware of your behavior. I well, not where I was, and I was a monster, and uh, and but I thought it was, I was a choice funny too. Yeah. And uh, but that's how I thought. You know, I I'm special. I I'm, I'm definitely special. The rules don't apply to me, and I'm going to do what I need to do to get where I need to be. And so it made me a great lawyer. Maybe a, 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 a fierce advocate because I always hated bullies too, and oh, because shit. of my chip on my shoulder that my dad gave to me, I wanted to take care of other people and and and, and get them what they deserved. So I would take people that, Whoa. and particularly cases other people wouldn't take for homeless, drug addicts, alcoholics, uh, and prevail for them and set them up and be their hero. But and so I would channel all that rage into into uh, being in, into my profession. To but, focus. Yeah, and and, uh, and so yeah, it was not. <laughs> but you know, when on outside of work, it made me a very unpleasant person. It has to. Yeah. Till you learn to separate. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, you know, because I could just look at somebody on the sidewalk and be like, okay, I'm going to fuck that guy's day up. Watch this. Did you have the fuck ability to and you knew it? Yeah. So fuck it's a that weird guy. power play. Yeah. Uh, but you could do that on the on the radio here, on the podcast stuff. Yeah, it's but, just not your uh, flavor. No, it's, 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 it's a much happier day. I'm so to happy. Be, to be well-adjusted <laughs> and to be a man among men and to not have to no, go to these places um, and to, to exert my will. There's, there's more refined ways of accomplishing the task. <laughs> so that's it. You've just refined over the years. You've evolved. Uh, yeah, it did this the is work. the evolved Zuckerman. Yes, this is. Thanks, I'm learning. Right. Minute by minute. But... Yeah, but but it makes for a great sense. It, I, it's, if you can, it, you know, I, I always call it the Eleventh Commandment. It's like you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Oh, I love this. Yeah, like Rule sixty four. Don't take you know, you, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Laugh at yourself. So looking back, I, I, I just you know, I own it. I told you, put it on the mantle and and it, and and laugh at myself first and foremost. And that's that's where the fun is. We agree, but it took us a long time to find that. Right, right. The sense. Happy of to be here now, man. Right. Hashtag so, grateful. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it, it I ma- see that in your face and your eyes. I, I, you do seem to be somebody who, even though you work very hard for what you do, you seem to be very appreciative of what you have. Right, because yes, look, I've, I've really, if I got what I deserved, if if karma, if there really was karma, and I do kind of believe in karma, but if karma really operated the way it's supposed to, my head would explode into ten thousand pieces right in front of you. Or you're a really good dude, and you don't know that part either. A, well, it's, it's bad. Okay, I would overcompensate, right? So I would do all sorts of bad shit, and then really do really good things for people. Yeah. So I would, I would destroy on the one hand and rescue on that's, the other. That's the behavior. Though. Yes, that's of we, course, it's the rubber band. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's the. It's recognizable. That, yeah. So, <laughs> so I still do a lot for people, and I do, and I try to. Uh, I'm a collector of, of, at my office of of people that otherwise. You would have trouble getting work, and I like mm. to work with them and fix them wow. and, and all sorts of stuff. That's fun for Holy me. Holy shit, man! But uh, deep. But it also, but it, but it also is because it, it, it's an ego thing too. So I have to find the right balance because helping people is it's kind of selfish. It makes you feel good, um, and you got to know why you're doing it and what you're doing it and what the appropriate boundaries are. Right, because if you if you then can set yourself up to really help somebody, and then of course they're being human, so they'll disappoint your expectations, and then you'll go crazy, and then bah, you're and you're in that rubber band cycle of, yeah. of destroy, help, destroy, help. I don't want to be there. Is it friend somebody, unfriend them, friend them, unfriend like them, friend them, unfriend them, something like that, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Um, I think that's very cool. But I, I haven't figured it all out by any means, trust me. On any given day, uh, I can be insane. Give, you, me, give oh. me cold medication, and I'm fucking nuts. Like NyQuil? NyQuil, or any, or DayQuil, or, or Sudafed, or... Uh, Is it because you're no longer in control? It's, it's something it's spirits just, are driving no, there's there? something that, that's in there that just makes oh, me Oh, it pisses you off. Yeah, and then, or, or I had a shot of steroids for a cold, and it was like, come on, motherfucker! Holy shit. Come on, it's on. It ramps up your body, yeah. is what I'm getting. Sweat, yeah. Hellboy. Yeah, sweaty and ready. Oh. You know, I'm like, nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to drive you off the fucking road and then kill you. <laughs> For no reason, too. What's your favorite car you own currently? 
I don't even know how to answer that. Really? Uh, whatever I'm driving. The most recent the one. Oh, that's okay. A good so, uh, so I, I drove my <laughs> M5 out here, my 2003. Oh, I love that car. And it's a great car. I love that car. And then I just got for the for the archive where we'll have the all the motorcycle stuff a '66 Chevy two. It's what we would call a Nova, but it was really a Chevy two. It's a muscle car. Yeah, it's got it's an L79, so it's got the small block Chevy corvette engine the 327 with 350 horsepower the engine is sublime it's a it's an exquisite shit box um the engine's great the shifter's okay the handling the steering the brakes are, are hilariously horrendous um build quality is is non-existent uh it's, it's all a, original i'm assuming yeah, yeah. it's well it was restored it's, it's beautiful but it was it's the it's a real deal l79 and tuxedo black and it's and it's a fantastic car and it's so flawed right it's like if you take a 66 911 and a 66 chevy there's no comparison one's built and one's there right one's there and so i so i acquired that and i'm like considering do i have enough time because i have to meet at 11 30 in west la and we're running late yeah you should go you should go yeah so i don't have enough time but i'd like to drive that that's my favorite right now all right, we got to get you out of here. Thank okay. you so much for coming. You're welcome. It meant a lot to uh, a both lot, of us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool Good to, to get to know you. My hat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to steal your hat. Do you have matching pajamas with footsies <laughs> and a trap door in the back? No. Why not? Oh, we need the. Tra- you haven't got them from me yet. Who knows? Like <laughs> trap door in the no. back. No. Dog animal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. Man. You're welcome. It Thank you for lot. having me. It's awesome. Okay. Thanks for coming to our house. Thank you. He's out of here. Okay. All right, uh, let's see. While you're out of here, next week, Mrs. Ryan, we have uh, Monday, uh, Rex McAfee. He's the 356 Club of L.A., I guess, something there. I'm not sure exactly, but it's another VW for Life booking. Cool. And Thanks, Tori. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got a bunch of people next week. We from Curb Your Enthusiasm, we've got Kathy Ladman, uh, Renee Olstead's going to be here, and uh, Banya from Seinfeld, as Banya. a matter of fact. Steve Hitner's. Yeah. Heitner? Heitner. Steve Heitner's going to be here. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, It'll be fun. <laughs> and then all the car people. We will, we will see you. <laughs> there we go. We will see you on Monday. Oh, love you, Mrs. Ryan. Yeah, we love you, Zuckerman. Phone. I'm already like checking out. He's not out. used I'm to cameras. Sorry. I know. We love I'm you, not. Zuckerman. We're going to see you soon, too. Shit, cut that out because I'm looking at my phone nope. with my big head. Nope. Is what it is. We all know that's what you do. Wait, so the camera was just taking the back of my head and my stomach? Uh, it's this here. It was this. Uh, this that's horrible. Why didn't you tell me the whole? Time? I don't know. So you weren't that weird to the end. Nice, and I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I, yeah, it could be. There's all sorts yeah. of shit we could do. Yeah, here's your thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you brought it. Yes. <laughs> Woo! All right, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Okay. I got some gold, man. Go. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>